online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Monday Movies on Wickham Sound 106.6 FM. On tonight's show, we will take a look at Felicity Jones in the Ruth Bader Ginsburg biopic On the Basis of Sex and the latest Liam Neeson revenge thriller Cold Pursuit. We'll also take a look at the top ten films at the UK box office and an in-depth look at last night's controversial Oscars. Good evening, I'm Duncan Strip, joined as ever by Luke Davis and, wait for it, and Mason Cunningham. Hello, hello. Hi. We're a man down. Man down, man, man down. He's still in L.A. He's still in L.A. We left him crawling under Lady Gaga's <laughs> dress at the Oscars last night. He might be And we've not now. seen him since. No. He, you know what he's doing? He's going around to any musician he can find going, need a drummer. <laughs> need no, a drummer. No, no, he's not doing that. He's going around to any producer and going... Hi there, yeah, I'm Toby Stubbs. I'm in a band. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to hear some of my music? And do you know what he's doing? No, he probably hasn't got the music. You know what he's doing? He's what? sitting next to them at a table going, Hi there. I can play the drums. I can drum it. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Uh, so we've got all that to come in uh, tonight's show. Something to look forward to. We were going to have, excitingly for everybody, some Barbie Girl by Aqua. I saw. Lovely. I Luke that. has ripped it from the yeah, schedule. That's not <laughs> Apparently we're not allowed to play it. I well, no, 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 no. We're not. That's not. That's not true. Censored? No, it's not that we're not allowed to play it. It's just, a terrible song. It is a terrible song, but yeah. it is featured yeah. in Cold Pursuit. Yeah, so but we could play an. We're going to play an award-winning song. We are going to play an award-winning that's song. That's much yes. better. I'll start with top should we, ten. Should we do the top ten UK box office? Well, 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 let's do that, shall we? Mm. Okay, let's have a look at the box office from February the fifteenth to the seventeenth. <laughs> yes. Is that the one? Yeah, Good. Just checking you got the right one up. No, I just got it up. Okay. Uh, this week's number ten, the favourite. Uh, which is still hanging around in the top ten. It's taken £15 million, which is amazing for a, a period drama. Yes. Do you think now that Olivia uh, yeah. has won, obviously, Best Actress, do you think it will get a, a small push, maybe? Um, little push? It depends, because it would have to be rebooked into cinemas, and I don't know if they have time mm. because of films that are coming out, so po- possibly not. But uh, it's it's an amazing feat for a film like this, which is, which is basically an, a two-hour art house film. Yeah. Uh, about a queen that very few people had heard of um, to take £15 million. Uh, it's very good. Is it doing as well in other countries? I'm guessing so. Is it won an Os- has she won an Oscar? I think so. I don't know. Okay. Don't ask me questions. Good. I don't know. Sorry. To, for goodness sake. Uh, last week's number nine... No, no, this week's number we're, nine. I was doing so we're just, well. We're just doing this week's numbers. I was remember? doing so well because you get confused when there's more than one number in a sentence. <laughs> this week's number nine, glass. Glass. Uh, again, it's done really well. Taken ten million pounds, which is really good considering it only took made uh, it was made for about eight million. Oh wow! Uh, and it's taken ten million in this country and over a hundred million in the states. So it's the third part of M. Night Shyamalan's trilogy that started with Unbreakable, went on with Split, and has finished with Glass. Uh, it's a superhero movie for people who don't like superhero movies. Doctor Who? Again, no? he's not a okay. superhero. Uh, this week's number eight... I'm starting to doubt you've even seen <laughs> Doctor Who. The fact that you think... A, you think it's still a man, and yeah. B, you think he's a superhero. Well, it never was a man because it's an alien. Good point. Thank you very but much. never was a superhero, Ding. really, was he? Well... No, OK, fair enough. No. Um, this week's number eight... If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I will oh. have seen it this time next week. Um, it's uh, Barry Jenkins' follow-up to Moonlight, which, of course, won the Oscar, and there was Oscar talker for this one when it was first released, um, but it didn't transpire. It, didn't, it won one. Regina King won uh, Best Supporting Actress. That's very true. So, but, yeah, see what I think next week. Uh, we will... It's supposed to be very, very good. OK. But then Roma was supposed to be very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... This week's number... Let's not talk about that. Uh, uh, this week's number seven is Happy Death Day 
to you, sir. So this is a sequel. So Happy Death Day was a really clever horror about a teenage girl in college who wakes up, uh, goes about her day, then gets killed by somebody at the end of the day, and then wakes up again the next morning and has to live the whole day again. She has to keep doing this until she finds out who is killing her. It was, you desperate to say something. Why can you never let me finish? I was waiting until you finished, but... Oh, no, so <laughs> you sit there with your little puppy face, and, and I can hear, and our listener can hear, you go, that little intake of breath. Yeah, but you know that if I don't, you know, do something, I will forget the question. Go on, then. Uh, a bit like Groundhog Day with a murder at the end. Yes. yes. Was that, that it? Was it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very clever. It was quite scary. It was quite bloody. So I was looking forward to the sequel, Happy Death Day to You, which takes the same premise. Someone wakes up uh, in the morning, they get killed at the end of the day, and they have to find out how it's happening. But instead of being a horror film, it turns into a kind of 1980s time travel teen comedy and the murder part is relegated so they still have the person trying to kill someone but they kind of forget about it and it's more of a comedy and for that I was very disappointed question what do you think about me is it the same female lead yes but it's not yes but she finds out that she's actually caught in a time loop that has been caused by two teenage boys in the same college who have created a machine in their physics class which has altered the space-time continuum. So does she get murdered again? Does she get murdered again? Because obviously she got murdered in the first film and then went back, kept going back, but does she get murdered again in this one? Yes, she does. What a horrible life she's having. Yes, <laughs> she does. Yes. So okay. it's... it's it's. <clears throat> I mean, I was disappointed because it wasn't a horror and I was expecting horror. It's a teenage time travel comedy. But it's a sequel, so... Yeah. You know. But it's done very well. Good. Uh, this week's number six, The Kid Who Would Be King. Which is Joe Cornish's follow-up to Attack the Block, which was released last week. It hasn't done brilliant business. It hasn't done very well in the States either, Ooh. unfortunately, which doesn't bode well for his next film. It's only made 670,000. <coughs> I know. That went up a bit uh, this weekend because the schools were off. That's true. So it took a bit more, but it's not going to bother the charts for very much longer, I don't think. And yet, it's a really good film for kids. It's unusual to have a live-action film that stars kids that is aimed at kids. Do you think that's why, though? Because obviously adults talk to each other and go, oh, we went to see the kid who would be king whatever it's called. Um, it's a bit of an annoying title. I haven't got it right. I think I've got the it right. The Kid Who what? Would Be King. That's the one, yeah. It's not an annoying title. For me, it is. You I'm quite simple. Yeah, That's I very know. true. This is aimed at intelligent children. Yeah, I'm not one of them. No. Um, but do you think adults talk to each other and go, yeah, don't take them to that. Go and see, I don't know, the Lego movie. We enjoyed that more. And then they go, well, we're not going to go and see The Kid Who Would Be King. Let's go and see the Lego movie. Well, possibly. Okay, good. <laughs> Good. It's just easier to agree with you. Um, <clears throat> yes. Because, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot in this for adults. There's no, no. pop trivia references. Innuendos. You know, you know, the breaking... In the Lego movie, there's loads of references that kids just won't get. No. Because there's references to... There's whole Mad Max scenes. Yes, there is. That's, in yeah. the Lego movie, which little kids will have no, re no. You know, relevance to at all. What adults like. Whereas this is aim squarely at children and that's why I really liked it because even though I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the Lego movie no. if I was a seven year old boy I probably would have enjoyed it more good um, last week's number five we're not doing no, that remember this week's number because five because you get confused do you know why it's because it has LW on it just confuses oh, me oh just a second question tell me what you think about me why do you keep doing that what the numbers. Be because I will answer your question. Because okay. at the top of our list, yeah. it has this week yeah. and last week. And yeah. my eyes just get drawn to L because my name begins with L and I feel important. Oh, my God, you egotistical, <laughs> narcissistic <laughs> little man. That's not true. It's just because I, I just see that number first. That's why. Is that why? That is why. Yeah. 
It's the second number. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand why. Just look at the left-hand column. Right, OK. Have you got a felt tip round there? I can't write on my because screen. Because you could just write it on the screen. You I, know. <laughs> a whiteboard marker. A whiteboard marker, just, that's true. Just I don't think you should write, put white mar- whiteboard marker on your screens either. Really? No. no. Mm. Why not? It'll just wipe off. I don't think it will. Um, Kids, lo- try it home. No, don't. 0144 <laughs> Does whiteboard marker wa- wipe off... Don't do that. It's uh, computer screen. Last week's number five. No. This week's number five. For the love of all that's holy. This week's number five, Green Book. We'll talk about that more when we come oh. to the Oscars because we have quite a bit to say about that. This week's number four, Alita Battle Angel. Um, which is based on a manga comic. Uh, it's a film with an all-CG female lead character. Um, there's about five different storylines going on at the same time, none of which are resolved particularly well. It should, And it's world-building for a sequel and for a third film right. that are never going to come because the film is bombed at the box office here, bombed at the box office in the States. So it's kind of left in limbo without an end to the film. But it has a very good song <clears> attached to it. It has a very good song, which we may play at the end of the show. We may not. I played it for the first song today. Well done, you. you. Uh, This week's number three, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Haven't seen it, but it's done better than the other two in the States in its first two weeks. Um, And I was going to go and watch it at the weekend, but then I thought, I haven't seen the first two, so is there any point? Haven't you? No, I haven't. You know why? Because you're in London. (laughs) (laughs) The first one's on Netflix, if you want to watch it. Well, how exciting. Good. Uh, This week's number two... Two in a row. Instant Family. Much better than you'd expect it to be. It's a film about adoption and fostering starring Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne and uh, you think it's going to be a schmaltzy Hollywood story about a group of kids finding the perfect family and everything's rosy and wonderful and it's not like that at all. It shows the downside and the problems with adoption and fostering and it's surprisingly moving in places, very well acted and quite a few laughs. Good. Uh, Biggest surprise of the year so far. Oh, is that, is yeah. You're going to give that an award so far. That's so, so far. far. That is. Okay. That's the one that I went in last week thinking this is going to be just another Mark Wahlberg <laughs> comedy, and so, it wasn't uh, another Mark Wahlberg <laughs> comedy, and it wasn't. Oh, hang on. Question. Tell me what you think about me. Are you not a big fan of Mark Wahlberg? Nothing against Mark Wahlberg at all. It's just oh. that he makes <laughs> some terrible, terrible comedies. Anyone who's seen Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home Did too. He, it's not his film though, is it? He's just. What do you mean? It's not his film. Well, he's not the director, is it? He's no. he's just following instructions. Yes. Yeah, but you said it's his film. I said it's a Mark Wahlberg film. Okay. Meaning a film that Mark Wahlberg Wahlberg's is in, in. Yes. And they tend to be, uh, you know, Ted yeah. was okay, Ted 2 was absolutely terrible. That the was. Gambler was good. The Gambler was good, but that wasn't a comedy. I'm talking about his comedies, you uh-huh. see, and they all tend to be just a bit... Ugh. <laughs> bit ugh. ugh. <laughs> but this one... Surprisingly good. Well, I'm glad. It does look very funny. I did say the trailers look very funny. You did, and you were right. Thank you. Well done. Doesn't happen often. Uh, this week's number one, Shock, The Lego Movie 2, the uh, second part. Which I enjoyed just as much as the first one. It isn't as good as the first no. one, but I enjoyed it just as much. Forget what you said about oh, the bits in the kitchen so where it all goes real life. I liked it. I thought it was clever. It's got a very witty script. It's got a fantastic voice cast. I the animation is fantastic. I agree with you. It's just I don't like the real life bits. That's just in general for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just You don't... like it when you're sitting here. here yes. But once you leave the studio, I I you don't it. like the real life. No, I bits. don't. No. 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 Okay. It's clever. It's, it's funny. Good. It's well animated. Um, didn't win best film at the Oscars for animation. No. That went to Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Do you think that's because Spider Man Spider Verse has been out for longer? No, that has no bearing. Okay. Well, I was just 
thought I'd, I'd that in. If anything, it goes against the films at the Oscars. No, because, that's true. Uh, yeah. Because a star, if, if you remember when A Star Is Born came out, which was quite some time ago, it ago was. now, everyone was saying that was going to win. Yeah. Clean up at the Oscars. It's going to get Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and all it walked away with was Best Song. So, yeah. People tend to... If they come out too early, the Academy... T- because the, the bulk of the Academy are old people... Right, OK. They tend to forget things. OK. So if it comes out sort of six weeks before the ceremony... I remember that fresh, my, fresh my in film. their mind, you see. Do you Good. see? I do, do you see. understand? Do you think the Lego... Not really. Do you think the Lego movie will be number one next week? Yes, I do, because all it's got to compete with is Cold Pursuit and on the basis of sex. Ah, and, uh, of course, it was, you know... And it was half-term, term, and yeah. it's probably half-term somewhere... This week, <laughs> somewhere in the world, yes, no, so that's very true. Because I'm sure it's half term over in Uxbridge Way because there, there was no traffic there. Uh, yeah, so they you know. they all it's all very confusing, isn't so, it? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, that's it. Let's look at the top ten Monday movies on Wickham Sound 106.6 FM. The Oscar-winning Shallow yes. from A Star Is Born. Yes, they performed it live last night. I haven't yeah. watched that yet. No, we were there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But I was in the loo when that was on. Oh, right, remember? Okay. remember? Sorry. Remember? It was, yes, I do. It was very remember good. Rami Malik said, can I have a quick word? And I thought, well, while yeah. I'm out there talking to you, when's I might he, as well go take, take, when, a, take a When's wee. he coming in? Sorry, Rami. Rami yeah. I didn't ask him to come in. No. I just, it was just uh, Olivia Coleman we're going to get coming yeah, in okay. on, on the same day as Julie Walters. Good. Oh, it's going to be a fantastic day. It's going to be a great day. show. That would be a great line. It would be funny if that happened and you were sick. <laughs> Could you imagine? I would come in. <laughs> what, and give them your illness? Yes. I would. Uh, should we have a, a little film review? Well, why not? Would you like Cold Pursuit or would you like On the Basis of Sex? That's called c- Cold Pursuit. Cold Pursuit. So Cold Pursuit is a new film starring um, Liam Neeson. Uh, now, he shot himself in the foot <laughs> just, just before his release by some very um, ill-timed remarks mm. in an interview with The Independent, which meant his um, premiere here and the premiere in New York were both cancelled. Uh, so all the press was cancelled. So the film is suffering because of it. It didn't do very well at the box office over the weekend. Uh, I know. So um, Liam Neeson plays um, N- Nels Coxman, who uh, lives in a small town just outside of Boston uh, that is mostly snowbound, and he drives a snowplow. Married to Laura Dern, he's got uh, a son. They're quite happy. Until one day his son turns up dead, apparently from um, a drugs overdose. Liam Neeson knows his son wasn't a druggie, so he tries to find out what happened to him. He finds out that he was killed by the local drug kingpin. So he goes to see his brother, who used to be a dodgy dealing drug... um, What what do they call Drug lord. But has now gone straight to find out who this drug kingpin is. All right, Viking's real name is Trevor Calcott. If you want him dead, you're going to have to hire a hitman. A hitman? Yeah, an assassin. Do you know one? Yes, come on. So, how does this work? You buy the Eskimo a train ticket. He's afraid to fly. You pick him up at the train station, you drive him to a motel, or you give him half the money up front, and then you go home. How do I know when it's done? Keep checking the Denver Post. They can't resist the good rub out. What is it with all these nicknames? Speedo, Viking, Eskimo. The Eskimo. It's a gangster thing. Did you have a nickname? Yeah. Wingman. Wingman? Yeah, from Top Gun, as in you can be my wingman. 
So I've seen these in a clip from Cops. Do you know what? Every time I play a clip, <laughs> I know. you do that. So you can't do that. These I are know. out okay. of context, obviously. The only other clips you can play are people banging, shouting. Okay, so that's true. That's not a very good clip. I will say that all Liam Nielsen films, do you know? His name's not Nielsen. Li- Liam Nel- Nielsen? No. Nielsen? Yes. I just feel like he was going to go into take in any moment. I will find okay. you. Okay, so there's the problem. So yeah. Liam Nielsen finds out who the drug kingpin is, finds out who all his associates are, and goes after them to kill them one by one. So this is based on a Danish film called In Order of Disappearance and it's directed by the same director who did the original so he's just um, made it into um, an American version Um, and the problem with it is Liam Neeson's in it and Liam Neeson as everybody knows uh, from Taken and from The Commuter if somebody messes with his family he goes after them and kills them one by one that's what he does so you're thinking this is just another Liam Neeson action film where Liam Neeson is going to kill people and be the tough guy and it's not that because he's supposed to be an ordinary guy an ordinary family man who is doing something unusual in the fact that he's killing these people but you never feel while he's doing it that he's doing anything unusual you just think this is Liam Neeson from Taken and any minute he's going to call somebody up and say I will find you thank you very much exactly <laughs> yes so that's why it doesn't work the, the original was really good it starred Stellan Skarsgård your friend yes David Tennant no Stellan Skarsgård why is he my friend Julie Waters boyfriend in Mamma Mia oh of course <clears throat> sorry yes, yes. <coughs> And it was called In, in Order of Disappearance uh, because that they show the people getting killed in order of disappearance. Uh, and so it doesn't really work. It, and it stops. Every time someone's killed, the screen goes black, their name comes up on the screen with a little um, cross, you know, like a tombstone. Right. And that what their nickname was. And it kind of grind, the film grinds to a halt every time someone is killed. And you never get the feeling that Liam Neeson is not going to win because you know him from Taken uh. and you think he's going to pick up the phone and say... I will find you. That was slightly camper. The first time you did it, it was very good. I will find you. No, that's getting worse. No. I will find you. No, stop it. <laughs> Hello, I will Oh, find hi, I'll find you <laughs> and I'm going to kill you. you. Oh, yes, I will. That wouldn't scare anybody. anybody no. So, well, it might do. I mean, it's not a terrible film and it's, it's, it's quite nice that it's set in a snowy landscape. So it's... Um, <laughs> everything. Why? Because you don't see films set in snowy landscapes. Really? Films about... OK, a Liam Neeson film where oh, he's right, going okay. around killing people or an action film, yeah. they're always in... It's, it's London, New York, LA... Chicago. Chicago big streets, yeah. you know, big cars. This is... Uh, he's a snowplough driver in a place that is uh, full of snow. I will find you. Getting is that better? better. That's no, getting okay, better. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So, not brilliant, but not terrible, but he shot himself in the foot because of what he said in Stop. his newspaper interview. The competition <laughs> is now closed. Oh, if only I had something to... Bum, 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 bum. There we go. Competition's closed. Do we have winners? We will have winners. No, just one winner. Sh- we'll, have a, two. we'll have a winner shortly. I'll okay, put all great. the names into a computer. <laughs> so ple- into a computer. Okay, so please do not... Um, enter. Enter now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could have asked, please do not swear, you're live on Channel 4. Because you, your, your call <laughs> will be charged for. <laughs> Are you lining up for, an, for a job on Big Brother? Oh, and don't enter if you're listening on Listen, Listen Again, again or on, on the podcast. It will probably be cut out. Beca- oh, okay. On the podcast, cut. anyway. Okay. There'll be no show left. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Some say that's not a bad thing. Exactly, yeah. yes. Uh, anyway, so that is Cold Pursuit. Not brilliant. Wait for the DVD. I will find you. That's better. Thank you. Well done. Uh, What's was, next? Would you like another film? Go on, then. 
On the Basis of Sex. So this is um, the true story of Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, and her struggle for equal rights. She's played in this by Felicity Jones. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was one of the first women um, to be allowed into Harvard Law School when it was mostly men. Um, and she passed with flying colours. She was married when she um, entered law school to Army Hammer, who <coughs> plays her too-good-to-be-true husband, Martin. He contracts testis testicular cancer while they're both in college, and she basically finishes her own course and goes to all his classes and does all his coursework wow. with him while he's in bed. So she, she basically passes the bar twice and becomes a lawyer. And her dream was to go with her husband to New York, become a lawyer in a big law firm and be set up for life. But when she gets to New York, he walks into a job straight away. She, I think they say she has 30 interviews and she can't get one job. Uh, and people say to her, why are you coming? We've got secretarial positions available if you'd like one of those. Or there's uh, tea-making jobs available, but you're, you know, you're not going to get a job being a um, solicitor or a lawyer. So instead she becomes a teacher... Uh, at a college teaching other people and she's not happy because uh, she says I wanted to be the person changing the world and now I'm just teaching other people so that they can go and change the world uh, and it's not until her husband comes home one night to talk about a tax case that he's working on that she realises there may be a way out Marty section 214 of the tax code assumes a caregiver has to be a woman this is sex-based discrimination against a man. Poor guy. If a federal court ruled that this law is unconstitutional, then it could become the precedent others refer to and build on. Men and women both. It, it could topple the whole damn system of discrimination. What? Nothing. I'm just thrilled that your newfound enthusiasm for tax law. Marty. Oh. Marty. We need to take this case. So she discovers that uh, a guy who was a carer for his invalid mother is being denied a tax break because he's a man and that it's written into the law that only women are carers, so right. he cannot get the tax break. So she finds out that this is sex discrimination against a man. So if she can win this case, she can turn it around and then she can start working on sex-based um, discrimination against women. Because even when, uh, I think when she takes this case, which is around 1970, it was legal in America to discriminate against a woman on the basis of sex. Wow. So there were loads of reasons you could discriminate against a woman on the basis of sex, hence the title of the film. Uh, she, they go ahead, she wins the case, and th this is just th this tiny little slice of her life that so ends with a court case. It ends with a court case, and it ends with, I think it's a four-minute speech to court that she gives, which apparently has broken the record. It's the longest female speech in a film that's ever been given. No woman has spoken for this long in one take in a film before, which is incredible. That is incredible. Mm. Um, I was going to ask a question. Mm. Tell me what you think about me. You said it's only a short sort of bit of her life. How yeah. many? Do we know how many years of her life this sort of? You no, know, from the age of blah to the age of. Uh, blah? This is this is from Harvard in 1958. Nine takes you up to 1970 something. Okay. And Ruth Ginsburg is still on the Supreme Court now. Oh wow! At the okay. age of, I think she must be nearly 90. Wow. She's become something of a sort of punk icon. Uh, she's known as the, um, the, uh, something RBG, I can't remember what it's called, the something, yeah, 
Anyway. Sorry, what's her name again? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But yeah, right. there's a documentary out at the same time as this. If you want to watch a documentary, you can watch that. It's on. Uh... I'm joking. <laughs> it was radio, so no one saw you. Give I know that's very true. Yeah. Little sneer. Uh, but she's a fascinating character, um, and she's led a, a, a fascinating 85. life. She's 85 wow. years old. She's still on the Supreme Court, and she appears at the end of the film. So as um, Felicity Jones is walking up the steps of the court building, as she passes one of the columns, it's Ruth the actual Ruth Bader Ginsburg who comes out. Oh. But there is another documentary, <coughs> there is a documentary that's out at the moment that you could watch called RBG, uh, which was Oscar nominated for a song, didn't win, obviously, because Shallow won. Where can you view this documentary? Is it on? Uh, I think it's available on Sky, on Virgin, uh, I think. You think? OK. Because yeah, it was a theatrical release uh, uh, just okay. a couple of weeks ago. Fair enough. So, yes. But this, I w- again, I went into this, I knew what it was about. I didn't know about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I didn't know that, uh, that what happened in her life. And I, did, you know, I knew it was about her and a court case. And I was really pleasantly surprised. It's a, it's a fascinating film about a fascinating woman. Really well acted, nicely directed, uh, wonderful period detail. And a, a fa- I mean, I w- my jaw did hit the floor when they say in the film... As of nine, you know, in 1970, it was legal to discriminate against a woman on the mm. basis of her sex, which is just, in, you know, in my lifetime, yeah. that they could do that is just incredible. And, and she spent her entire life fighting against sex discrimination in the workplace uh, uh, and in, in, in America. And there's books as well. I just thing as well so there's books you can read if you prefer a book The Notorious you know The Notorious B.I.G. yes yes mm. so her, she's uh, become a punk icon you can get posters okay. of her and it's got, she's The Notorious R.B.G. fair enough so yeah so <laughs> okay. she's, she's become something of a <laughs> cultural icon now this is Wickham Sound uh, shall we talk no. Oscars go on then so last night the Oscars were presented uh, they were we were there in America we were just there just in case they needed some presenters at the exactly. last moment exactly yes yeah. they didn't we were like a uh, an old Anton Deck <laughs> hanging around the red carpet yeah. looking for work. Uh, let, we'll, we'll, we'll run through most of them. <clears throat> okay. Let's go through the non controversial ones, shall we? Best animated feature went to Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Yep. Very good. I would have gone for Isle of Dogs. But that's just me. That's just you, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, best foreign language film went to Roma. I mean, I haven't <laughs> seen the others, but seriously, come on. It's not great, is it? I mean, it's not. It's, it's like all right. watching just paint slow. dry. It is. Yes, Bla- is not just... even coloured paint. No, just black and white black paint. Black and white yeah. paint dry. Ridiculous. In a different language. Yes. Yeah. yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, best documentary feature went to Free Solo. So this is the film about the free climbing on one of the biggest oh, yes. uh, mountains in America. Uh, apparently it's a terrifying film because free climbing means they've got, they've no, got no ropes, ropes. No, 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 no grips. They're just climbing up a mountain. Uh, if you want to watch it and you have the National Ge- Geographic channel, it is actually on this week. Oh, really? So you, okay. if you've got National Geographic, you can watch it. Uh, best visual effects uh, went to First Man. Which was a surprise because they're not the most obvious special effects. I was going to say, how, would you agree with that over, like, I oh know Black Panther was on, Black Panther was on. No, Black Panther wasn't nominated. Wow. Uh, it was Avengers Infinity War, oh, okay. Christopher Robin. I knew what... Oh. Uh, First Man, Ready Player One and Solo, A Star Wars Story. I probably would have gone for Ready Player One. But yeah. maybe that's be- maybe they're, they're so good in First Man that you don't notice them. So that's, No, exactly. You, know? you don't know what has been... CGI'd. Exactamondo. So, there we go. Production design. So, this is like sets and everything yeah. like that. Uh, that went to Black Panther. I would agree. Uh, over the favourite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns and Roma. Roma. It's strange because production design, at least in Black Panther, they did have to... Design something. Design loads yeah, of stuff. Yeah. The favourite, they didn't. No. Because it's in 
Blenheim Palace. Yeah. Uh, First uh, Man, they didn't. Uh, Mary Poppins, they did. Yes, but Black Panther is in from a comics. They had a lot of stuff to go on already. Yes, but they had to actually build it. Oh, that's true. Do you see yes, what I mean? Yes. So that's um, uncontroversial. Let's get some, uh, well, sound mixing, which I'm not sure what that is, but A Star is Born one. Best sound mixing? Yeah. Oh, really? Because on the one I'm looking at, it says Bohemian Rhapsody one. Sorry, Bohemian Ma- Rhapsody <laughs> one, uh, best sound mixing. Well, that's fine. Well, no, 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 fine. <laughs> not sure what that means. I so think that just means um, the, like, mixing of the, the, the songs, basically. No, because not no because um, first man doesn't have any songs. In oh, it. okay. Or the music. The, what's that called? I don't think it's anything to do with music. Uh, no. No, I think it's to do with the actual sound in the film. So, but I don't know what we'll we'll find out. And Bohemian Rhapsody also won sound editing. So we're not. That's sure probably that what is. I just said. That's probably what you just yeah. said. Um, now, film editing. Oh, hang be- on. Right, hang on. This needs to come with a warning. Duncan's going to have a rant. He's had one all day on Twitter. Uh, oh, sorry, stand Mason. by. Oh, I was going to say, um, I've looked up the best sound mixing and what it is. It's basically the award that recognises the finest or most euphonic sound mixing or recording and is generally awarded to the production sound mixers or re-recording mixers of the winning film. So what I said, but just a bit posher. We still don't know what the sound <laughs> mixing is. <laughs> Good, no. We don't know what sound mixing no. is. Would you, anyway. like a, would you like a rant? No, no. no. Oh, yes, yeah, so... Best editing. <sighs> the nominees were Vice, Green Book, The Favourite, Black Klansman and Bohemian Rhapsody. Now... I've seen... Yes, I've seen all of them. OK. And I wouldn't say the editing was brilliant, because you're not supposed to notice good no, editing. It's no. supposed to be seamless, so you don't come out of a film saying, wasn't the editing good? But I did come out of Bohemian Rhapsody thinking, wasn't the editing absolutely terrible? It was one of the first things I think you said to me. Yes, the editing is shockingly bad. Mm. Uh, if you want an example, Google, put into YouTube... Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, bad editing. And you'll find a clip uh, which is basically five people sitting around a table talking for three minutes, and there are about 56 cuts. Wow. Which is just unbelievably bad. I'm not going to watch it because I may have to have a rant on Twitter. You are going to watch it, though, aren't you? Yeah, because it's it's three Um, years of my life. In case you're wondering what Luke's talking about, I've been having a Twitter spat with someone over the editing of... I'm over it now, though. No, you're not. You're really not. (laughs) No, you're not. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, So I think that is just shameful. Okay, then. Right, moving Bohemian away, far, far away, Mm. what would you have picked? Probably Vice. Okay. Probably vice. Um, so sound mixing went to Bohemian Rhapsody, as did um, sound editing. Makeup and hairstyling, um, Mary Queen Scott's Vice and Border. I don't even know what Border is. That's really strange. Uh, the winner went to Vice, which is uh, unsurprising because it's all um, actors playing real people and they're putting on weight and they're having wigs and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's unsurprising. Okay. Costume design went to Black Panther, first black um, female to win in that category ever. Wow, so okay. that's, that's very good. good. Um, would I have gone with that? Possibly. Yes. Yes. Why not? Okay. Uh, cinematography went to Roma. <laughs> what else was in that category? Uh, Cold War, The Favourite, Never Look Away and A Star Is Born. I mean, The Favourite looked good. Uh, well, they all looked good. Yeah. Strangely, two black and white films in there, Cold that War and true. Roma. What uh, would you have given it to? See, the thing is, the cinematography in Roma is fantastic, but I found the film so boring, I find it hard to give it any awards just because yeah. that one thing was good. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. <clears throat> Good. Let's move on. Good. Original music went to Black Panther. Now, the music in Black Panther was very good because it was very tribal and very... Yes. That was, yeah, I would agree with that. Yes, so that was good. It was up against Black Clansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs and Mary Poppins Returns. 
Um, moving on, what else do we have? We've got original song. We've already heard it. Went to Shallow. Would have been a huge shock. Shock, yeah. If uh, Shallow hadn't have won. Best adapted screenplay uh, went to Black Klansman. So, unbelievably, this was Spike Lee's first ever Oscar. He's never won an Oscar before, so nice for him to win. Original screenplay went to Green Book, which was shocking. I mean, it's not a terrible film and it's not a terrible screenplay, but it is not an award-worthy screenplay. Right, OK. It is a very ordinary screenplay. I mean, Roma was nominated. It's better than that. Right, yes. <laughs> but against the favourite, First Reformed and Vice, unbelievable that it should win. And it, these awards kind of show that um, the, the Academy is still made up of old people. So they've got a load of young blood into the Academy yeah. and they've been giving awards to a lot younger people so because as soon as you've won an award, you become a member of the Academy, so that's bringing the average age down. But the fact that Green Book won for original screenplay shows that it's still there's still a lot of old white men voting. That's basically what it is. But you never find out, do you, who the Academy are? Is there a list anywhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. So, I mean, Olivia Colman is now a member of the Academy and will be voting. Oh, so I as soon see. As, you've won, as soon as you've right, won, okay. you become a member of the Academy. So, I didn't yeah. see. I didn't realise how this worked. Uh, best director went to Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. <laughs> I mean, come on! I could have directed that with, <laughs> with my eyes shut. All you need to do is just push a camera going. Exactly. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actor in a supporting role went to Mahersha Ali. Everyone was expecting that. Would have been lovely if Richard E. Grant. Yes, had won. would have. Would have been yeah. so nice. Uh, an actress in a supporting role went to Regina King. Uh, if Bill Street could talk, and she'd kind of become the favourite over the last couple of months. Um, everybody thought she was going to win. Then we came to leading actor, or as I'd like to call it, best impression. <laughs> because uh, if you look at it, Rami Malik, Willem Dafoe, Vigo Mortensen, and Christian Bale are all playing are, real yeah. people. Uh, so the only person in that that's not playing a real person is Bradley Cooper. Yep. And I would have given it to him. Would you? Yes, I would. Okay. Rami Malik's fine in Bohemian Rhapsody. But it's but an it's impersonation. Just, let's put some big teeth in, and I'm going to do an impersonation. Okay. So you've got something against Bohemian Rhapsody, haven't you? I've, okay, so we had this argument. Oh, no. I had an argument on Twitter oh, people, and on Facebook. Hang on, no, 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 I'm going to make a point okay. that, you, that you agreed with. Oh, oh no. <coughs> I put on Facebook this morning, I yes. said, I still can't believe Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody won more Oscars than any, any other film this year. How many did it win in the end? Four. Four. That's more than any other film won this year. Yeah. To me, that is just mad. So I said that this morning, I said, I can't believe... Bohemian Rhapsody has won four Oscars, and someone just put on there, oh, but I loved it, and everybody loves it. It's such, you know, it's such fun. And I said, yeah, I liked it, but it's not a Warburthy. I said, I like McDonald's, but I wouldn't give McDonald's a Michelin star. Do you see what I mean? I see what Do you mean. Do you see my point? Yes. You can like mm -hmm. something without thinking it's award-worthy, you know? Exactly. This is true. So there we go. Mm. So that was um, Rami Malek yes. for that. Leading actress went to... Olivia Colman, who, who needs to win like um, best. They should, I think, best they should. Speech. They should be like sort of silly categories as well, like best dress, best suit, and best. Um, Talk of best suit. Did, did you see the guy in the dress? I did. I did. I did. In the black. Yeah. He had like a tux jacket. It was very nice, Duncan. Where did you get that black from? Dress. dress. Yeah. Yeah. It was fabulous. Um, where did you get it from? Uh, H&M. Very nice. Other shops are available. Do you know, my friend of mine yes. won't shop in H&M. Do you yeah. know why? Why? He thinks it stands for high and mighty, <laughs> meaning it's for big people. And Brilliant. I have to explain to him, no. No, no, it doesn't. Other shops are available. Mm. Um, I think there should be one for best of a speech as well. 
Yes. She would have won Which that Olivia hands down. would have won, yes. She, it was a fantastic speech. Yeah. Uh, if you go to YouTube, you can watch all the speeches. They're all on there. Just watch hers. It's brilliant. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, Lady Gaga and Glenn Close did look slightly surprised. Because, oh, they did, Because yeah. Glenn Close was uh, favourite come the awards. I mean, to be fair, so did Olivia. <laughs> She was gobsmacked. Yeah. yeah, absolutely gobsmacked. Then we came to the big one. Uh, best film. Nominations were Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favourite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born and Vice. <laughs> so the the big money was on Roma. Yes. Everybody thought Roma was going to win. But because it's a Netflix film and the Academy have got a thing against Netflix because they don't put their films out theatrically yeah. and they don't abide by the theatrical windows. So the next one was The Favourite. Yes. If, if Roma didn't win, obviously The Favourite was going to win and the others were in there to make up the numbers because they're not particularly award-worthy. Uh, and yet, when Julia Roberts opened the envelope, Green Book. Oh. I mean, my gob was so smacked, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I was like, where are you going with this? But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Green Book. Green Book's a no. nice film. Um, but it is basically Driving Miss Daisy, and as one reviewer put, I think it was in The Guardian, it's Driving Miss Daisy, but the racist is in the front. Yes. Well, you might say that last week, yeah. And it is a perfectly nice film, but it's not Oscar-worthy. And I think people are going to look back at this the way they look back at Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. And say, there's no way this should have won. By any stretch of the imagination. It's, no. It's, it's, just, it's just a shame. They had the chance to give it to a really worthy film. I mean, I would have been more annoyed if, if Bohemian both, Rhapsody yeah. had won oh, it. Oh, I know you would have. Oh, would I? So what would you have given it to? Out of those, yeah. probably the, probably the favourite. Oh, no, A Star is Born. born a yeah. Star is Born. Didn't well, do anything, did it? No. Because it was out so long ago, I think the, the voters, have, by the time the ballots came around, yeah. they couldn't remember what it was. They probably thought it was a film from the 70s and they couldn't bother to vote for it. <laughs> it's a shame, but there, oh, there we, we go. There we go. But that's it. That's the Oscars for another year. We enjoyed ourselves, didn't we? It was lovely. We Very nice lovely, time. Yeah. Lovely time. It was fantastic. Thanks for t thanks for coming with me. And thanks, uh, thanks for wearing the dress, because I would have felt awkward. <laughs> You're welcome. It's nice that you wore the dress. Anytime, Duncan. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you, Mr Davis. You are welcome. Thank you, Mr Cunningham. You're very thank welcome. You. Uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back at the same time next week with reviews of Stephen Merchant's directorial debut, Fighting With My Family, and the wartime drama The Aftermath, starring Kieran Knightley, so don't miss that. But if you do, don't forget you can catch up on previous episodes of the show via the Listen Again facility on the website or by listening to the Monday Movies podcast, available from your usual podcast supplier. You've been listening to a podcast from Wickham Sound. To find out more, head to wickhamsound.org.uk.